This is Doug Hastings, Vice President of Moody Radio, and we're thankful for support from our listeners and businesses like United Faith Mortgage. Let's call it the couch cushion dash. This is the moment when you need a tip for the pizza man, a few bucks for your kid's lunch, or you can't say no to the sweet eight-year-old and her thin mints. But you've got no cash and no other options but to tear apart the house, searching for hidden money. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And it's funny how we can usually find a way to scrounge together a few bucks hidden around our house. Shame on you if it's from your kids' piggy banks. For many listeners, though, there's enough money sitting inside your home to buy a swimming pool full of thin mints. Home values have gone up across the country the last few years, leaving many of us with a good chunk of equity tucked inside our homes that we could cash out to use for life. If you'd like us to help, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Ask financial advisors which emotions cause people the most trouble with their money, and most will tell you fear and greed. There's even a fear and greed index that investors use to gauge market sentiment. Hi, I'm Rob West. Unfortunately, scam artists use those emotions, too, as they try to separate you from your money. I'll talk about the latest ways they're doing that online today. Then it's on to your calls and questions. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise Live, where God's financial principles always overcome fear and greed. With people spending so much time and money online these days, it's no wonder that scammers are also focusing their latest efforts there. And the first one we'll look at is probably the most common. We've talked about phishing many times before. That's phishing with a PH, not an F. But it bears repeating because it continues to be highly successful for thieves. It's when cyber crooks try to make you think they're someone you can trust, a company, perhaps a colleague or a friend. Most often they use email, but they've expanded their efforts to cover many other ways you might communicate with someone online. It's all to get you to give up your personal financial information or click a malicious link. In most cases, a phishing email will indicate that you owe money or that you're due money, again, capitalizing on fear or greed. Uh, You can often spot a phishing attempt by carefully reading the message. They usually have poor grammar and mis spelled words. When you see that, immediately hit the delete button. Next in the scammer's bag of bad tricks is fake antivirus software. This happens when you're looking at a website and you get a message saying that your computer is infected. Usually they'll offer free software to clean your computer, but by downloading it, you'll actually infect your system with a virus or what's called malware. Uh, Leave that page immediately and use only software from reputable anti-malware where companies like Norton, McAfee, or Intego. There's another version of this that we might call the tech support scam. You'll get a phone call during which scammers try to pass themselves off as tech support from your actual anti-malware provider saying your computer is infected. Uh, They'll ask you to download an app that allows them to take control of your computer remotely so they can, quote, fix the problem for you. And after they have control, well, they'll actually download 
real viruses onto your system without you knowing it. Uh, Guess what happens then? Well, they'll do a scan that, surprise, turns up those viruses. Then they'll require you to pay them to have the malware removed. And even if you hand over the money, there's no guarantee they'll actually fix the problem. If you get a call like that, hang up. Reputable anti-malware companies won't cold call to tell you your device is infected. Norton, for example, says they'll only call you if you first contact them about a problem and their tech support is free to subscribers. And that's another clue that you're being scammed. When tech support wants to charge a large sum of money to fix a problem, sometimes more than the device is even worth. Uh, Beware of ads on Google offering service for exorbitant sums because even scammers can advertise there. If you have a problem, contact the manufacturer or a reputable anti-malware provider. Uh, The next online threat focuses on greed. Uh, Let's call it the fast and easy money scam. Uh, You'll often see these in search results. They'll take you to fake websites that offer quick money by doing almost nothing. What are they really after? Often they'll try to get you to turn over personal information similar to what you might do if you were applying for a real job, like giving your social security number and other financial information. Never give out financial details in response to an email, ad, or search result. Another way the fast and easy money scam can get you is by requiring you to pay for something up front, like purchasing training materials before you start the job. Once the scammers have your money, you'll never hear from them again. Uh, You know the old saying, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is? That really is the case here. Jobs that require no skills or training and few work hours are rare as unicorns. If such a job really existed, they wouldn't have to advertise it. People would be lining up by word of mouth alone. Okay, we have time for just one more online scam, and that would be fake shopping sites. The internet is loaded with them, and they usually have one thing in common. They offer you great deals on your favorite brands at ridiculously low prices, sometimes 75% off or more. Don't fall for these fake deals, because then the scammers will have your credit or debit card information. There you have it, the latest online scams. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and this is MoneyWise Live, where God's truth guides our every financial move. Welcome back to Money Wise Live. I'm Rob West. Thanks for being with us today. Phone lines are open, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. We'd love to hear from you. Are you looking to know how to save for college? You want to think about uh, your giving and uh, how to approach the tithe versus sacrificial giving? Uh, perhaps it's longer term, uh, retirement, or paying off that credit card debt. Whatever's on your mind today, we'd love to hear from you. Again, the number, lines open, 800 525 7,000. Before the break, we were talking about online scams, and boy, uh, there are so many of them these days. I think what we need to recognize is that we can simplify it a bit. Number one, uh, FTC.gov, the Federal Trade Commission, has some great information on how to protect yourself if you find you've been the victim of identity theft or you're uh, uh, suspecting perhaps fraud uh, through um, a digital means. The FTC is a great source of information. You know, I think you can boil it down to 
number one, be really smart as to how you transact business online. Change those passwords regularly. Make sure they're strong. Uh, Don't do business over public Wi-Fi. I think another big one is just this idea of phishing that we mentioned. Don't click on links in emails, uh, especially if you don't know uh, where it's coming from. Remember, they're impersonating, in many cases, legitimate financial institutions. So you'd be better off going directly to their website. Don't do a Google search. Type it in yourself and make sure you get to the correct page. And then never give information over the phone, whether they claim to be the IRS, uh, somebody uh, in the uh, legal uh, area, or even the police department, no matter who it is that's calling, they won't ask for you to give personal information over the phone. So just don't do it. Hang up, and you can contact them directly. And we want you to stay safe online so you can be a good steward of God's money, and hopefully this information today will help you. All right, let's head to the phones. We're going to start today in my hometown, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. WKES, and welcome, Winston, to the broadcast. How can we help you, sir? Yes, good afternoon. My question is this. My first grandchild is going off to college very soon, and I understand that when a child goes to college, sometimes they get credit cards, and, you know, when they come out of college, they're in debt already because their parents are taking care of their college expense in regards to tuition and all of that. Now, as a grandparent, is there a program that I could put some money in that if he has some personal needs, he can go right to it and have access to it? Is there something like that? Uh, yeah, you know, I think the first question, Winston, and, and let me just back up and say, I really appreciate your desire here to come alongside your grandchild and make sure that he or she can not only get through college, but do so in a way that allows them to graduate debt-free so that they can start out on a strong financial footing. And, um, you know, when it comes to the money that you want to provide some assistance to, uh, is it directly related to college expenses, including tuition fees, books, supplies, equipment, uh, things like that? Or is it really more spending money that may not be college-related directly? Correct. More spending money. Okay. So then we don't want to use a 529 plan, which uh, is particularly attractive for financial aid reasons because it's considered an asset of the parent uh, and it uh, can grow tax-free. So if this is really just to provide some extra spending money, I think the next question is make sure you have communicated with the parents so you all are on the same page about how you're going to go about this. And then you'll want to understand kind of where he has his account set up. Does he have a checking account with a debit card? If so, great. Uh, You know, there's some really easy ways and systematic ways for you to transfer money into that account. Uh, Zelle is one that's fast and free. It's very popular uh, now, Z-E-L-L-E. You can learn more at ZellPay.com. You could go to your bank and set up an automatic transfer, uh, an ACH transfer of a certain amount every month right into his account. Um, you know, that would be one way. You could use Venmo. Um, you know, if he doesn't have a checking account, I really like uh, the one from Capital One called Capital One Money. It's specifically for teens, no fees. He'll have a debit card. They have a great smartphone app, and you can use that to transfer money in and out of the account and uh, really get him set up to begin managing money well. So I think the key for you is, number one, communication with mom and dad so everybody's on the same page, and then number two, make sure that you set it up in an automated fashion so your grandchild knows when that money is coming in, and you 
you don't have to think about it. You just kind of set it up and forget it, and then you perhaps can come back every six months or so and uh, see how it's going, perhaps even quicker than that. I think the other thing, Winston, is just to really lean into this opportunity to make sure your grandchild is learning God's way of handling money. And so perhaps as a prerequisite to you providing this assistance, uh, you require that uh, he or she read a book like Your Money Counts from Howard Dayton, which I'd be happy to send to you if you hold the line after we're done here today. And maybe uh, you guys read it, uh, you read it, and he reads it, and um, then you guys compare notes after every chapter. But keep in mind, it's really important that he not only learn the financial literacy side of managing God's money well, but really the biblical underpinnings for all of it, starting with God owning it all, and that he or she is a steward, and that money is a tool, and we need to live simply and hold it loosely and begin to practice generosity systematically at a you know at the very beginning before anything else, and just kind of all of these big ideas that so often kids leave home without understanding, and they're really game changers positioning your grandchild for the rest of his or her life. Does all that make sense, though? Make a lot of sense. All right, so let's just recap here. You stay on the line. We'll get you a copy of this book to pass along as a one of your graduation gifts. Number two, talk to mom and dad about whether or not uh, your grandchild already has an account. If not, look at Capital One Money for teens. And then thirdly, set up an automated transfer of whatever that amount is in, and you can look at Zelle, Venmo, or uh, using the Capital One Money uh, app uh, for those transfers. We appreciate your call today. Uh, let's stay in the state of Florida, head north just a bit, and welcome Meg to the broadcast. Hi there. Hi. Go right ahead. Thank you for having me on the program. Thank you. Sure. Um, yeah. So my husband um, and I have been looking at, at least here in Florida, the housing market is booming. Um, it's the seller's market, but the housing is, is quite expensive. And um, we also got some goals, such as um, being debt-free. Right now, our only debt is our home and, and college for the kids and obviously giving more to God's kingdom. And um, we thought we could um, put that along with providing affordable housing for people and um, as an investment opportunity. And we thought about buying lots of land and um, putting manufactured homes on them. And we've done some research. You could do that for about hundred grand. Selling for about 150 grand, and uh, basically use use the profit um, to for the goals that I just mentioned, and um, and at the same time provide affordable housing. Yes. I like that, Meg. Uh, I think a couple of thoughts. Number one is, uh, tell me how you plan to pay for this. Do you have the money saved up to buy the land, uh, the lot for this uh, first property, or will you have to borrow? We would have to borrow. Uh, my husband um, has done some research. He talked about doing about 70% of it through a he called it a development or a, a company that does gives loans for development or construction, and then the other thirty percent via his father-in-law. But the idea would be that the profit that we make the the very first home, that we actually were probably going to use a lot of that for a down payment for the next lot, so that we wouldn't hopefully have to get into another loan when we repeat it again. Okay, um, and have you talked about the terms with uh, your father-in-law? Would that be? where you all would share some of the profits or is he doing this just to be of assistance Uh, to you all? um, It's assistance and eventually, uh, yeah, obviously we would like him to, it would be like a 
partnership business okay. thing. Right. Yes. And do both of you feel like both you and uh, you and your husband and your father-in-law, you feel like you have a solid financial footing underneath you? You don't have credit card debt. You have margin on a monthly basis. You've got an emergency fund. You're on track saving for retirement, all of those things? Yes. Okay, great. And he's in a financial position to be able to do this as well? Yes. Okay. I think the key there is, you know, so often we can go into these things with the best of intentions, and then something doesn't happen the way we expect it to, perhaps of of no one's doing. It just, you know, the housing market turns down, it takes longer to sell, uh, you know, we get into a, we start to tip into a recession, and, the you know, you haven't sold one of the properties, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, something goes awry, and then there's relational damage uh, in the midst of it. Uh, so I think you just want to go into it with everybody's eyes wide open, knowing the risk, making sure you have clear communication. And I would even write it down as to what what are the expectations and the terms. Is this a gift? Is it a loan? Is there interest that's going to be charged? Is there going to be profit sharing? Put that on paper. That may seem too formal, uh, but at least it's going to avoid any unmet expectations that could lead uh, lead to uh, an, uh, a relational uh, collateral damage, which certainly is, you know, no amount of money is worth that. So that would be the first thing. The second is, um, you know, I like that you're going in with some down payment. I'd prefer that it be yours, but uh, I can understand, you know, why you might want to do this. I think just understand there are some potential lender restrictions when it comes to not only investment properties, but also manufactured homes. You want to check local zoning ordinances. You want to just make sure you've done your homework because, uh, you know, manufactured homes are similar uh, to a, a, a traditional single-family home, but somewhat different in in some uh, respects. And so just make sure you have uh, have you done your homework on that side of it. Um, other than that, I would just say go slow. And before you, I like the fact that you're going to deal with one property first and you're going to realize some profit before you roll it into the next. Don't get over leveraged and try to do too much at once. I would say let's get to the place where hopefully uh, you know, you're buying these all with cash at some point down the road. And keep in mind, the market's been on a tear on the upside. We're going to see some softening here in the days ahead. Even if there's not any kind of bubble here that's going to burst, uh, it's definitely not going to keep up with the growth rates we've seen. It's just not sustainable. So I hope that helps, Meg. All the best to you and your husband and your father-in-law. This is Money Wise Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Wise Live. I'm Rob West. Phone lines are open, 800-525-7000. Just ahead, we'll be talking to Peter in Michigan about investments. We'll be talking to Elaine in Alliance, Ohio about HSAs. And Mary in Austin about her mom's, or excuse me, her mother-in-law's uh, 20000 in checking and where she can put that to accrue some interest. But before we do that, let me mention here at MoneyWise Media, we're all about coming alongside you to be an encouragement, to provide hope and wisdom as you manage God's money well. And we do that every day by providing biblical financial content here on the radio, on the web, and in our app, providing innovative tools like we do with our digital 
envelope system in the MoneyWise app, which you can download in your app store. But we also provide expert guides, men and women who can come alongside you in your journey to be found faithful as a steward to provide helpful assistance. And that really takes two forms. It takes on the form of our certified kingdom advisors. If you need professional financial advice, whether that's financial planning, estate planning, investment management, tax and accounting, or even insurance, and our money-wise coaches. Our coaches are really there to help you with spending plans and debt repayment plans and giving plans. They do it completely voluntary. These are men and women who, just as a part of their ministry, want to come alongside God's people to help them manage their money well. And here's the good news. We have a brand new team of MoneyWise coaches that have just come out of training. They're ready to go, and so we've got some additional capacity. So if you want somebody to journey with you as you set up your spending plan and just think about how to manage God's money well, maybe you've just been struggling to get out of debt and you need some encouragement, our coaches can help. Here's where you go. Head over to moneywiselive.org. And if you need a CKA, click find a CKA and you can do a local search. If you want to connect with a coach, just click connect with a coach and we'll get you uh, connected. And I know they'll be excited to serve you. And we look forward to hearing from you. All right, let's head to the phones. Austin, Texas. Mary, how can we help you today? Uh, Yes, um, I'm calling actually on behalf of my husband. He's always working. And his mother recently asked him where she could place her money. She's accruing some money in her checking account. She lives so frugally, but we want her to be able to have access to it in case she were to have an emergency with her house or, you know, a car or something like that. But she has $20,000 and we just wanted to put it in a really safe place. Yes. Well, that makes sense. And I'm glad you're uh, walking alongside her to help her make these decisions. Um, you know, right now, about the best you're going to do is is one half of 1%. Um, and, you know, you might find a few banks that go a little bit higher than that, but they're all going to be less than 0.6%. Uh, a couple of my favorites are, favorites are Ally Bank and Marcus. Uh, you could find them online again, Ally and Marcus, um, you know, both of them have great websites, great smartphone apps. Here's the key, though. You can link it up to her checking account, or she can with your assistance, and you'd move the money over. It's going to be FDIC insured. There's not going to be any fees or expenses. She'll get that one half of 1% in interest over 12 months. But it's going to move up as interest rates move up. So it should be a little higher down the road. The key is that it's safe and it's protected with the full backing of the full faith and credit of the United States government through the FDIC insurance. I like the fact, though, Mary, that you'd get it out of her checking account. You know, she's probably not somebody who's going to be out there spending uncontrollably, but, uh, you know, it's an out of sight, out of mind thing. So you can transfer it over with the click of a button and it'll be there usually within a day or two through the ACH system. Um, But uh, it's not mixed up with her daily spending money that would probably uh, remain in her checking account. So I'd check those out. Pick one of the two, again, Ally or Marcus. You could also go to bankrate.com and look for others if you'd like to do that as well. And I hope that helps. We appreciate your call today. Folks, we're going to pause here when we come back. A lot more to come. Uh, Victor wants to talk about trading stocks from home and Peter wants to know where to invest $100,000. So we'll tackle both of those plus your question. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise Live, where biblical wisdom meets today's financial decisions. We'll unpack God's truth around your life just ahead. Stay with us. 
Welcome back to Money Wise Live. So glad to have you along with us today. We've been taking your calls and questions, covering a range of financial topics, applying God's truth and wisdom. We're going to do that with Elaine in Alliance, Ohio. Elaine, I understand you have a question about a health savings account. Is that right? Yes. Hi. Thanks for Hi. taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a, an HSA through Optum Bank. Um, we we own a farm. So we ha- uh, pay our own insurance, so it's a high deductible account. And I now have uh, uh, just over 27000 in our health savings account. And uh, Optum, uh, on my online, when I look at it, they're encouraging me to invest um, quite a bit of it. Actually, they say I'm eligible to invest up to $25,000 of, of that money. Um, I I would love to look at it all as an investment, but it actually is um, money that we have set aside for our insurance, uh, which uh, has a t- um, a family deductible of twelve thousand um, uh, dollars. We're very blessed that we have had good health so far, and haven't had to use uh, much of that, but. We're getting older and um, not sure how much of that I really, truly ought to keep in there as uh, just savings and what I could put uh, actually invest. Um, they're telling me 25. I'm thinking more like 20 uh, to keep 24, like two years of my uh, insurance worth. Um, what is your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, Elaine, is additional money being put in every month or over a, a fixed period of time? I put it uh, I put it in once a year. Okay. Yeah. And how much I are you adding 7, to it each year? In 7000 Okay, great. And if you were to look back over the last couple of years, on average, how much are you taking out a year for medical expenses? Uh, two, two to three at the most. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, generally I would say, you know, at a minimum, you would want to make sure that you have uh, what would be considered a reasonable amount for the calendar, for the year ahead, and then add some buffer to that. And then you could invest the rest. Uh, Because keep in mind, with you adding an additional 7,000 to it, um, and you're not even using anywhere close to that on average, and I realize that could change, um, you know, as long as you have a year or even two, as you said, um, in reserves for what could be expected uh, based on, you know, just what you've been spending historically, then I would say beyond that, you absolutely could be free to invest in. And that's really the beauty of the HSA is get that money working for you. It's a very powerful tool uh, for retirement because past age 65, you can pull that money out and it doesn't have to be for medically related expenses. And so, um, you know, I think that alongside your other retirement savings vehicles will be a phenomenal resource, but you also don't want to get in a position where uh, you've invested money, money that's invested typically should be for the long term, meaning, you know, 10 years plus. And if you're having to sell investments, especially if it's a down market, you know, that's not the ideal situation. So that's why we want this one to two-year buffer, and I think you could go on the one-year end just based on the additional money that's going in there every year uh, being so much more than what you need. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Now, the, the when I look and I push to invest, 
they suggest uh, uh, betterment and you just punch in your amount. Is that where you would go with that? Yeah, I think that could work quite well for the amount of money you're talking about. Uh, You know, that's going to give you basically an index ETF approach. And basically what that means is uh, they'll use exchange-traded funds to build a portfolio that's very broadly diversified. It's going to have a a mix of stocks and bonds. The allocation between stocks and bonds will be determined by your age and risk tolerance, which they'll put you through a questionnaire to determine that. And then uh, among the stock portion, they're going to have a mix of international and domestic stocks, large cap, small cap, mid cap. Uh, So you'll have a good range of the indexes, which just means you're going to capture the broad moves of the market, not any one particular sector, but the market as a whole. And that's probably a good thing. And the same will be true on the bond allocation. It'll be a mix of, you know, government and corporate, short-term, long-term durations. And, um, you know, it's going to be very low cost. And again, you'll just get that long-term growth as the market moves up. And obviously, there's going to be some bumps along the way, especially that, you know, given that we're 12 years into a bull market. But I think as long as you set aside what's appropriate for a year, two at the most, then you could feel free to invest the rest. And I think that Betterment approach with the amount of money you're talking would work just well, just fine. So uh, thank you for checking in with us. If you have other questions, don't hesitate to call back, Elaine. Let's head to Illinois. Victor, you're next on MoneyWise Live. Go ahead. All right. All right. How you doing? It was wonderful to get through you all. I listen to you every day. Uh, well, thank I've you. been trying to Yes, it's a blessing. Uh, I give to Moody, uh, one of my charities, uh, and I'm just a blessing to hear you every day, especially when I get off work. Um, oh, great. Um, I'm trying to do investment like uh, trading from home. I took a course, um, but I'm trying to see, okay, what type of computer to get and what who to get on to start doing that type of trading at home, like uh, small trading, starting off with a – thousand dollars and to work myself up but learning how to do it first before i put in a whole lot of money sure and victor are you thinking about short-term trading where you're trying to pick winners and losers and move in and out to capture up you know trends in the market quickly or are you thinking about just being systematic with a a long-term diversified investment strategy i'm not trying to i'm trying to be systematic i'm going to stay in for the long uh learn it and then work it and not okay. try to just get a little gain and then you happy. Uh, I'm looking for a bigger picture than that, a longer yeah, picture well, than that. I'm glad to hear that because I wouldn't. I would encourage you not to invest if you were going to take the first approach. Uh, you know, when we invest, it should be for the long haul, meaning ten years plus. We should have money that's going into the market after we've set up our emergency fund, after we've been giving systematically, after we've taken in care of any, uh, you know, short-term needs, this is money that really truly is for uh, the future and well into it. Uh, with that, we want to do it in a prudent way, meaning following Ecclesiastes, being properly diversified. We want to make sure that uh, we're not too emotionally <laughs> invested in it. Uh, it's such that, you know, if we were to see a, a downturn that lasted for even one to two years, you wouldn't automatically just pull the money out, you know, and try to time your re-entry point. You'd really, uh, you know, leave it there as long as you have the right strategy and and allocation. Um, So I think that's a good thing. If you're just getting started, um, I like uh, the robo-advisors. You know, Vanguard has a robo-advisor. Charles Schwab has one called their Intelligent Portfolios. Uh, You could use Betterment, which we just talked about with the previous caller. Any one of those three would take you through a question and answer process and then with an 
algorithm. Uh, they'd set up a very low cost, uh, diversified indexed ETF portfolio. It would rebalance periodically and it would automatically reinvest every time you made a deposit, but there would be very little cost to it. So I'd go that route. Uh, again, Betterment, Charles Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, or the Vanguard Advisor, which is their robo advisor solution. I think that'll give you what you're looking for. You can learn some things along the way. And by the way, if you want to do some more study on this topic, uh, our friends at soundmindinvesting.org would be a wonderful resource for you to learn God's way of handling money and investments. Uh, so check them out as well, soundmindinvesting.org. Thank you for listening, Victor, and for calling today. God bless you, sir. We're going to pause much more around the corner. Stay with us. Welcome back to MoneyWise Live. We're having so much fun today. We're actually going to stay after for a few minutes and take some additional calls. So if you have a question you want to ask, I'd love to hear from you. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's go back to the phones. Cleveland, Ohio. Hello, Andrew. How can we help you, sir? Good evening. How are you guys doing today? Thank you Great. for taking my call. I love you guys. Thank you, sir. Yes, uh, I'm about to be married for the second time. Uh, I'm a widow, and I'm gonna be 65 when I get married in November. And I marry a young lady who's 54 now. And just you know, we all we have kids from previouses, and just want to know how to do the estate planning on how I, you know, like the house that uh, I have right now was you know, with my late wife and. Um, you know, my kids grew up in their thing and just trying to decipher how, you know, as far as, you know, do moving forward, you know, we come together. Is it, uh, you know, things that, you know, like the house that was, you know, accumulated with the previous marriage and all of that. And it's just kind of want to make sure that, you know, I do things right from as far as my kids go, you know, and but also do right by her as well, you know, because, it's, you know, yes. if something happened to me. And she's in the house that, you know, there was, you know, that I've been in for the last 25 years and just don't know how to set that all up as far as, uh, you know, with a wheel and estate planning and all that. Yes. Well, that's great, Andrew. And I really commend you for thinking through this because, uh, you know, we really need to think about as we merge our lives and two become one, uh, that includes your finances. Um, but it's so much more than that, obviously. And so making sure you all have done a good bit of premarital counseling, I think, is critical from uh, a pastor, somebody who a Bible-based church, um, you know, that can really help you all prepare for this really big decision and make sure that it's God-honoring and that uh, together you all are going to pursue Christ uh, as the head of the marriage, uh, but then also to take stock and think about the finances, you know, do a uh, really understand, you know, where you're both at financially coming into this, how money was handled, not only in the previous marriage, but, uh, you know, even growing up, because that's so formative about how you all view money today. Uh, what are your tendencies in these areas? And how can you all come together as husband and wife? Um, I think, you know, updating clearly your wills and estate documents uh, will be critical just because of all the changes involved 
And this is in one situation where I would say that a, a prenuptial agreement could apply. And the only reason for that is because when you're bringing uh, two families together that obviously have kids that, um, you know, from previous marriages where there's, you know, wealth or debt from a previous marriage, it's not that we don't want to join husband and wife together. We absolutely do. But what we want to make sure of is that, you know, if there's assets that need to stay with one family for the benefit of, of certain children on that side, that that's talked about in advance and that, um, you know, there's uh, relational trust built and that there's decision making that happens beforehand so that that can be then documented in a way that promotes unity, um, but also recognizes just the complexities of the financial lives that you're bringing to the table. Uh, you know, if you're coming in with assets, you may want to pass along assets to your children and she may want to pass them on to hers. And that would be a decision you all would mean, need to make. It doesn't mean in any way you're planning to get a divorce or you don't trust your spouse. It's communicating your concern for the future financial security of the other relatives and documenting that in either a prenuptial agreement or I love what um, our friend Ron Deal talks about um, when it, uh, he talks about a togetherness agreement, which is essentially a different approach to the same idea where you really work through all these issues and then you could even have a togetherness agreement drafted by an attorney. Uh, so it's binding, a legal contract. And I would recommend you pick up a copy of his book, Andrew. It's called The Smart Step Family Guide to Financial planning from Ron Deal and Greg Pettis. And um, it's, it's going to walk you through all of these issues and even get very specific about what that togetherness agreement can look like. So uh, pick up a copy of that book, The Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning. And then uh, I would encourage you to connect with one of our certified kingdom advisors in the estate planning area there in Cleveland. So that uh, person can walk you through the questions and answers you need to be responding to. And then for any legal documents that need to be updated or drafted, they can handle that as well. Does that all make sense to you? Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, it's Ron Dio. And what's the other gentleman who was helping write the book, Ron Dio yeah. and someone else? Greg Pettis, P-E-T-T-Y-S, Greg Pettis. Okay. Yep, okay. you'll find it on Amazon uh, or at, at Focus on the Family and the Smart Step Family Guide to Financial Planning. Listen, all the best to you. We appreciate you listening and calling. We'll certainly play, uh, pray the Lord's blessing over you. Uh, on to Zealand, Michigan. Peter, how can we help you, sir? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, sure. So I have a question. After uh, selling some property, we we have it about 100k that's sitting in the bank right now in a savings account, and I'm trying to see what would be the best way to to invest the money. I know that I can leave it in a savings account and just kind of give me a half a percent or something in a yearly basis. Um, we basically don't have any debt except for what remains of the house is, is we we actually own at about 100k in the house. So the low rate, the rate that I have in the house is pretty low. It's about 2.5. So I really don't want to put the money and pay off the home because the rate is so low. So that being said, um, I'm just trying to find ways that I can put that 100K, um, set it aside as a savings, uh, besides the regular savings account. Yes. And talk to me about how you think this money will ultimately, ultimately be spent and in what time frame. Right now, we so we have two little kids. Uh, they're about 11 years old. So it will, partially will be for college, but not all of it. 
And I always want to have the, the variable of in case of an emergency, we need it. Uh, we can we can tap into the money and get some of it out. Okay. Uh, we are putting enough in our 401k, so that, that shouldn't be a problem. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it in regards to, to the money. And what savings do you have apart from this 100000 Uh That will be, yeah, I have another one. That, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I have another one which is basically just for regular expenses. Um, so that one fluctuates between, you know, two to three grand. Um, plus, you know, the checking accounts that we, we use our expenses uh, in a monthly basis. So this will be the one that pretty much is just sitting there right now, not making any money. Okay. Well, a couple of thoughts. Number one is, I'd like for you to think about this in terms of three buckets. Bucket number one is your emergency savings. It's that uh, money that you would, if you had something unexpected, not planned uh, replacement expenses, like, you know, we know the washer and dryer is on its last legs and, you know, tires on the car. I mean, things that we should be planning for. That's not a part of our emergency expenses. We're talking about you unexpected loss of income. We're talking about a transmission that just goes out unexpectedly or, you know, something comes out of left field medically. That's where our emergency fund kicks in. And I'd like for you to have three to six months expenses in that first bucket. Total up what you're spending on a monthly basis and multiply it by three or as much as six based on your comfort level. And I'd put that in an online savings account at Marcus or Ally Bank. You're only going to earn a half a percent but it's you're not going to have to pull money out of an investment that's down when you need it for emergencies. It's supposed to be liquid and secure. So that would be bucket number one, and you could link that right up to your checking account. And if you ever need it, it's just an ACH transfer away. Bucket number two is that portion of the hundred thousand that you genuinely want to go directly toward college. And I'd set up a five twenty nine plan for that portion. I'd go to savingforcollege.com run through their question and answer process to determine which is going to be the best 529 for you. It may not be the one in Michigan based on the performance of the Michigan plan versus any tax benefits of you staying in Michigan with a 529. But that's going to get that money growing tax-free as long as it's used for qualified educational expenses. Then, if there's any money left over and you genuinely believe you're not going to need that money for 10 years, then I'd say go ahead and put that to work, and I'd probably use, you know, with whatever's left, let's say that's 50K, um, you know, uh, one of the robo-advisors would be a great option. So Vanguard Advisor, Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, or Betterment. When you get up over 100000 I'd encourage you to contact a certified Kingdom Advisor to invest it. But I think as you're just getting started, that would be a great solution just to get you going. But does that all make sense to you? Yeah, the last portion that you talked about on, on, on the Vanguard per se investment, is that is that a 401k investment that you're talking about or is it a different type of investment? It would be a taxable account I mean, because you're already doing your retirement savings. I mean, if, if you've got, uh, if you don't have a Roth, you could open a Roth IRA and put it away uh, on, it wouldn't be a tax deduction, but you'd get tax-free growth. But then beyond what you can put into the Roth, which if you're married would be, you know, 12000 for this year, unless you're over the age of 50, and then it'd be uh, 14000 between the two of you, that money's just going to, I'm, I'm assuming, it'd be going to be in a taxable account. But it, so it's, uh, you'd pay capital gains as you have profits, but at least it would be growing for you for the long term. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. Yeah. I okay. appreciate your, your time, and uh, thank you for taking my call. 
All right. We appreciate it, Peter. And thank you for calling today. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. We are going to stay after. So if you're holding on the line, I want to encourage you to stay on the line because um, I have some extra time and uh, our team is going to stay around and we're going to answer additional questions. But uh, let me say thank you for uh, being on the broadcast today, being a part of our MoneyWise family. I do want to remind you, MoneyWise Media is entirely listener supported. And so if you count yourself among the MoneyWise family, uh, we would encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry. It's quick and easy. You can head over to moneywiselive.org and just click the donate button. Again, moneywiselive.org and click donate. All of those gifts go to helping us bring you this broadcast every day, bring you our MoneyWise coaches, bring you our certified kingdom advisors, the MoneyWise app, and all the great content on the MoneyWise websites. Again, your help would be greatly appreciated. MoneyWise Live is a partnership between Moody Radio and MoneyWise Media. Let me say thank you to my amazing team today, Amy Rios, Engineering, Dan Anderson. I want to say thank you to Jim Henry as well. And I want to say thank you to you for being here. I hope you'll come back tomorrow and join us. We'll be back here answering your questions with God's truth. Thanks for being here. God bless you.